Well, as long as we're on the subject of self-diagnosis medically, Apple Computer has basically lost the lawsuit against, um, oh, what the hell's the name of the company? Massimo. It sounds like a clothing designer, but apparently Massimo, they brought the case in 2021 claiming that Apple's blood oxygen uh, sensor units and, and you know algorithm and all of that that they that Apple put on the watch they stole from Massimo, and uh, a federal court. We we talked about this a little bit before, but now it's real. Apple has announced it's taking that function off of its iPhones at least for now. And the case may take a year or more, according to predictions. So, hey, Scott, <laughs> good to see you. Thanks. How's the, news, how's the news business? Very good. Very, uh, very busy. All sorts of tech stuff popping. And uh, it's been a good week so far. Good week. Okay, well, let's let's go through a couple of things. Cast back a few weeks, uh, the Christmas shopping season numbers are in, and uh, they beat even the most optimistic predictions. I mean, uh, retail sales were up 0.6% in December and 0.3% in November, and that seems to suggest that maybe consumers are still optimistic and they could theoretically carry us through 2024 if they're spending like this. What do you think? Yeah, they're optimistic now. Um, the job numbers are good. Uh, but there are a couple of, of clouds on the horizon. One, we're starting to see some layoffs again in the tech industry uh, by both big companies and smaller companies. So clearly, I don't know if it's sort of a New Year's thing, but we're starting to see some companies get nervous about their headcount. And that's always bad news. Also reports that credit cards are really, really high when it comes to the balances. And that's always a rough combination. It's one thing to carry a credit balance when you know you're going to have a job and be able to pay it off. But uh, the combination of potential job losses and high credit balances are rough for consumers. And so I hope 2024 doesn't bring those two things together to a head. Uh, but other than that, uh, you're right. The economy is humming along. The consumer is still spending. Job numbers have been strong. And, and that's a really good sign. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit last week, but consumer debt on credit cards is as high as it's ever been. And they did some research and they found that a lot of people are still paying off Christmas 22 debt, which is just a terrifying thought. Uh, that's being under a cloud now for 13 months. Right. There's Christmas debt. Uh, we know that a lot of people are still carrying um, school debt, you know, whether college or graduate school, and all of those things make it tough going forward if you were to lose your job and therefore your main source of income. And so that's why debt is dangerous when, even in strong economic times, we're starting to see companies lay people off again. Yeah, we can, we'll talk about that in a minute. But first, I want to talk about a company we don't discuss very often, Samsung. Samsung just announced his new Galaxy S24 smartphone on Wednesday. Okay, another smartphone from the second biggest world's second biggest smartphone supplier. So it's it's not a minor deal. But here's the thing. 
they're they've built AI into it. It's not getting chat, you know, and putting it on your phone as an app. It's actually built in. And apparently there's a number. It's a it's the first really big phone company to do this. Apple hasn't done it yet, but that means there's going to be tens of millions of these AI equipped smartphones out there. And that's already leading people to predict that this is the year of the AI uh, intelligent phone. I mean, the, the, the AI phone, if you want to call it that. And apparently it's going to be used uh, mostly for translation, which is kind of cool. You could have real time translation. Uh, and uh, accelerated search, obviously, and better fonts in terms of performance. That's kind of cool, especially from a company that's selling 100 million of these things a year. Is, it, is this a revolution? I think it's, I don't know if it's a revolution, but it's really impressive. I got to see the Samsung Keynote and the new phones and how they work with AI. And you're right, it's built in in ways that are easy for people to understand and easy for people to use. You'll literally touch uh, a product that you see and it can find it for you and order it for you. The translation, and, and remember Google Translate has been using AI essentially for years and years yeah. and getting better and the machines have been getting better. But to have it as rapid fire, if indeed it works that well uh, out in the field as it did during the demo uh, is really something. And that is going to build bridges and you know knock down walls in terms of talking to people uh, who speak different languages. It's all very impressive. And we've spoken a lot over the last few years over sort of this idea of peak cell phone, where these phones keep coming out and they're incrementally better. But do we really need to buy each individual one and spend that money? And the answer, I think, has been no. I think this puts pressure on Apple. It puts pressure on the other Android guys uh, because the AI is so seamlessly into yeah. the new Samsung lineup uh, that it's really bringing the idea of why we have AI to the public. And like you said, in big, big numbers that they will carry around with them 24-7. You know, I think the first indication of this onboard AI for most people is going to be the quality of photographs. Apparently, it's, it's really good at doing that. Did they demonstrate that? Yeah, there are ways of uh, making a photograph better and clearing the background and all that stuff. And, you know, Apple has been dabbling with that, too. It's, it's interesting in the Apple demos that they don't call what they're doing AI, even though it's essentially AI. And I don't know if that's an Apple thing trying to do their own branding, but at some point, as artificial intelligence takes off as something that people may want commoditized into their devices, not to mention into certain apps, you know, they want this in their lives. Um, it's going to be, I think, important to signpost this. And really, like you said, Samsung, I think, is the first to signpost this and say, this is what is built into our phone and is going to make your experience, whether shopping or taking photos or translating or whatever you do on your phone, a little smoother and easier. I think it's going to have an interesting cultural effect, too, because we've been with the announcement of all this AI stuff for the last year. Everybody's kind of worried about AI. And uh, this is going to put it in your hands on a regular basis. And it might actually diminish the fear of the of the of the public in artificial intelligence. 
It might. I mean, this is not only the week that we saw these cool phones with AI. This is also the week that uh, Salesforce CEO Mark Benioff at Davos spoke of his fear of a Hiroshima event with AI, which is a pretty loaded sentence yeah. um, for all sorts of reasons. But clearly, these leaders are still thinking in terms of what AI can do in a catastrophic way, while companies are starting to put it to work in a helpful way. But you're right. I think what wins, at least in the short term, is the idea that this can be part of our lives in a way that maybe we don't even notice. And that's probably the best way for AI to be in our lives. Yeah. And, you know, the, all this cynicism or pessimism about this, I'm seeing people, I actually talked to a guy who created a new company. I don't think we've talked about this before, but he used AI. He started out with 12 ideas. And over the course of a week, he narrowed it down to one and actually sold that idea as a new company. I think we're going to see an explosion, an efflorescence of new startup companies because AI can step in as one of the members of your team and maybe fill in the blanks, which is always the challenge with a new startup team. You got the marketing guy, but do you have the treasurer? Do you know you have the ops guy? Now, you can have that person sitting beside you, maybe on your phone. So, yeah, I mean, San Francisco is kind of counting on a lot of startups <laughs> moving into their downtown, but I yeah. think you're right. Um, and I think you'll see some consolidation, and I think you'll see um, what a healthy startup environment can tune into. And by healthy, I mean it's really getting a lot of VC money. Um, and with that comes the freedom to sort of shop around and merge and get together. And uh, it seems like that could be one of the year's trends, uh, both for AI, but also for, for business in general. Well, and I think you saw at that Samsung event, one other potential new product that could be earth shattering. That's the Ring. Were you there for the Ring demo? I saw the demo, yeah. Um, but remember, there are a couple of rings out there on the market. You may have heard yeah. of the Aura Ring, O-U-R-X. I'm, I'm not yet sold on these because I haven't seen a whole lot of them in the wild um, right. as I have with, you know, let's say Fitbits were hot for a while. You see a lot of Apple Watches now. Uh, the Ring, I, I don't know, but, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, everything can it's, attach. It's kind of more phone. of a biomed thing, isn't it, yeah. than, than data? On the other hand, once again, we got a gigantic international company that's going to throw its manufacturing and its marketing and distribution and their advertising behind it. That's so, true. That's true. And, and you shouldn't take that for granted. Um, but right. Uh, the, the measurement and the self-measurement of data is something we're all getting into, it seems, uh, on whatever devices we're wearing. And hey, maybe the ring will be the next thing. I just... I haven't seen a whole lot of them uh, yet, but you're right. Samsung is gigantic, not just here, but globally. And if they get people into their ring, maybe uh, maybe that becomes, you know, the next big thing, the next small thing. Well, as long as we're on the subject of self-diagnosis medically, Apple Computer has basically lost the lawsuit against... Um, Oh, what the hell's the name of the company? Massimo. It sounds like a clothing designer, but apparently Massimo, they brought the case in 2021 claiming that Apple's blood oxygen uh, sensor unit and, and 
you know, algorithm and all that, that they that Apple put on the watch, they stole from Massimo. And uh, a federal court, we, we talked about this a little bit before, but now it's real. Apple has announced it's taking that function off of its iPhones, at least for now. And the case may take a year or more, according to predictions. So the thing that one of the things that Apple sold at the very beginning when it first introduced the, the watch, you know, its potential activities, this was one of them. And now they're having to take it off. How does that look? And what are the implications of that? Yeah, and this has been something that's changed by the day, even a couple of days ago um, from just before when, when we're talking here, uh, Apple had to sort of re-pull the watch. And then it said, okay, we'll put it back on the market, but without the oxygen center, excuse me, sensor. And I think all in all, it's not going to affect sales all that much. This is one thing. Um, but they didn't, but Apple didn't lower the price. No, right. Uh, it's it's. I can't think of a better word other than sloppy. You know, for a big company uh, run brilliantly by one of the great CEOs of our time, yep. um, to have this happen just looks sloppy. Like it, it shouldn't get to this point where the headlines from one day to the next are, well, some of these models can't be sold. Okay, they can be sold, but we hope you don't want this one feature on it anymore because we have to remove that. That just doesn't look smooth, if you will, in the market. And Apple is the smoothest company out there. So this surprises me for such a hardware successful giant like Apple. Uh, that said, I don't think it's going to be a, a big deal. But, um, you know, who knows? Maybe Samsung takes advantage and either pays Massimo a whole lot of money or buys the company and puts that sensor on its ring or something and says, hey, you can get it right now. I, well, I don't know. The, the sloppiness and the back and forth of the announcements and all that suggests that Apple thought they were going to either settle with Massimo or bully them and pay them off in some way or acquire them. And yet all of those hints that something like that was about to happen just fell by the wayside. And I don't, I'm not sure why Apple would let itself go through this when they obviously could have fixed it. Right. And, and right. That's why this is such a surprise is it's not a huge thing. I don't think it will affect sales all that much, but, uh, but I think it just looks bad in a way that Apple almost never looked bad. Yeah. I mean, it's very interesting. Well, now we are talking about layoffs around here and, um, I'm sure you heard about the uh, memo from Sundar Pichai at uh, Google that got leaked, apparently. Apparently, it was an internal memo, and a lot of people sent it to people like you. Right. That uh, Google is uh, going to – it's already laid off a 1,000 people in this recent round all the way up to today. Now, Pichai says that there's going to be a lot more layoffs throughout the rest of the year. And supposedly, his, his quote was, we have ambitious goals, we'll be investing in big priorities this year, but the reality is we have to create the capacity for this investment, and we have to make tough choices. Now, I would have thought that Google had enough cash on hand, it could make these changes without having to lay off people. I think that's a polite way of saying, we're going a different direction, and we're going to get rid of all the dead wood. Well, right. I mean, when... 
the Chai says, we're going to grow in certain areas and invest in certain areas. That means they're going to hire a bunch of people, maybe even buy some companies. But yeah. you're right. They want to do that while trimming what is going away. And, you know, Google is, I mean, we saw this with Meta, their year of efficiency and tens of thousands of jobs were lost because they really made a big pivot. And it, uh, it really pleased investors, if you remember, all of last year. Uh, and I think Google, although their stock price hasn't taken a big hit like Meta's did, wants to please those investors. They want to stay efficient. And like Meta, I think they're going to, during the year, change their focus to really focus on AI. And their whole search thing is going to be AI focused, which means if you're in search and you don't have anything to do with AI, uh, your job is, is very likely in jeopardy. And, and I imagine that's sort of what Sundar Pichai is saying. Um, sort of putting out the the warning beacon that this is what we're going to do. And if you're not on that train, um, you know, try to try to get a ticket real soon because the train is leaving the station. How many terrible metaphors about this can I do? But, you know, this is where the yeah. company is going. And if you're not there, uh, your job is, is in jeopardy. You know, I hadn't thought of that way, but I think you're right because they announced the reorganization and layoffs are going to occur in hardware, ad sales, search, shopping maps policy core engineering and youtube teams that's all the way across the board that's line positions that's staff positions um it just sounds like we're going to take a different direction with google and anything you're doing now is probably going to be rendered obsolete by this new new company well and, uh, he's warning yeah. everybody he's probably the, the the subtext probably is if you're not doing something in ai Bye. Yeah, we keep hearing about how AI is going to take jobs. And I think what people visualize is a robot walking over to your desk and doing your job. But I think what it means is more like what Sundar Pichai is talking about, which is we are really focused on AI because that's the moneymaker. That's what people want. Heck, they even want it on the phones. And so this is what we have to do to stay competitive. And so it's not as if AI is taking your job and giving it to a, mach a machine. It's just saying you'd better be on board with AI if you want to keep your job. And I get that. Yeah. And I don't think a robot's going to be sitting at your desk. It's going to be some other person who just got hired, who, who just got a degree from MIT in artificial intelligence. I think yeah, that's and, the and, right. Once that you know, snowball starts rolling down the hill, look for a lot of degrees in, in artificial yeah. intelligence related fields because that's yeah. what companies want. Absolutely. Okay, finally, last week's Kansas City Royals-Miami Dolphins game, uh, it was on Peacock, so you should be happy with that. The Chiefs, yes. Uh, it drew 23 million viewers, which is the largest audience ever. I would have thought it was Victoria's Secrets, but the largest audience ever for internet usage in the United States. It just came out. I mean, this is kind of a milestone thing. So the question I have for you, was, were these numbers so high because it was only on Peacock or because of the miserable weather or because the two teams playing or was, or was the difference just made up by all those Swifties out there who wanted to watch, you know, Taylor in the, in the luxury box during the game? I mean, all those things. You know, the, the weather probably wasn't a factor because remember – you had to have Peacock 
except in the local markets. So yeah. the Chiefs play in Kansas City. Kansas City could see it on broadcast TV. The Dolphins in Miami also saw it on broadcast TV. Everyone else had to stream it. And that's why the numbers were so big, because it was a playoff game of significance with two very popular, strong teams. And sure, why not throw in the Taylor Swift factor? That's brought audiences to whatever broadcast of a Chiefs game you've had uh, so far this year. Uh, and, you know, the, the whole thing comes together to make these things. And by these things, I mean NFL games these days. Events, I mean, you look at what the most watched programs on television are over the last several years. They're pretty much all football. Yeah. Um, and so to see the most streamed event being a football game is in a lot of ways not surprising. Um, and I was checking, um, say, Down Detector. And if you know Down Detector, it, it tells you when a site, whether it's Instagram or, you know, a cable site or something is is down and people are complaining. And obviously the complaints for Peacock went up during the game because so many people were on it. But there may have been like three or 4,000 complaints. And out of 23 million, once you realize that's how many people were watching, I thought, wow, yes, this was a pretty successfully streamed thing. And I don't know because it's about 4,000 pay grades above me. But what Peacock, I'm sure, as any streaming service really wants that has a hit, is to find out are people staying? Um, yeah. You know, for the other stuff that's on Peacock, whether it's sporting events or programming or whatever. And um, again, that's uh, I'm not in the, <laughs> trust me, I'm not it, in that email chain. But that's yeah, but it, it, it suggests that numbers like this, that we're going to see a lot of this sort of solo streaming of major sporting events, you know, on one platform because the payoff is so enormous. It can be right. Um, I mean, you know, the old, ESPN, the old ESPN or Fox days are over, it seems to me. Well, but I mean, ESPN especially is getting into streaming. Um, I think the question is, because I heard reports, and these are not confirmed by me, but that, um, you know, Peacock may have paid $100 million for the game. So did they make that much, both in streaming and advertising and, and all that stuff? Um, I would ask the same of Amazon. You know, Amazon now is the exclusive place to watch Thursday night football every Thursday. Not yeah. a playoff game yet, so it's not the first streamed playoff game. But we've streamed, we've seen, you know, Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime uh, for, for a while now. And I don't know how the financials are there, but they've kept that up. Um, you're going to see World Cup games, you're going to see Olympics, obviously. All these things are going to be streamed because sports is really reliable money for whoever can right. get their hands on them whether a TV network or a streaming service or whatever. And so I think the race is, is going to intensify. I would say it's on, but it's already on. Yeah. To see sporting events um, on various streaming networks. Well, we'll see. Uh, well, and, and now that Travis Kelsey is going to retire, we'll see if, uh, if Peacock's ratings stay high next season. Well, I think you may be confusing him with his brother uh, on the Eagles, who is retiring. Oh, but Travis on Kansas City is, as far as we know, still still sticking around, around. A couple of years younger. I've just got the Kelsey family. They're all one in my <laughs> mind. Okay, that's it for now, folks. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, uh, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. You can find Scott in his Valley coverage, coverage of Silicon Valley, 
on Instagram and X, and of course, almost every weeknight on NBC Bay Area. And as for me, you can hear me occasionally almost everywhere in the world on the BBC World Radio Show, Business Matters. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.